0: Hey, everybody, this is Brian Bickford, Mainly Matters, and this is the Travel and Tourism Channel. You know, I interview people about their travel experiences, their travel businesses, and what makes Maine vacation land. Hey, listen, this has been an unprecedented year. We're going to unravel that. You know, we've got two guests today, but 37 million people visit this state every year. You know, that's an expenditure of about 6 to $8 billion. Uh, we depend upon that tourism dollar. And so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about what has happened? What has occurred this year? And as you know, we've done other shows, even this the psychology of COVID and its impact on tourism. We've done a lot about that. We've unraveled that somewhat. But now, let's just take a little bit of a look at what's really happened in the reality. So I have two guests today. We actually have one guest who is um, rather, actually kind of new to the state but because of a great deal of experience. And this is Matt Lewis, who's the president and CEO of Hospitality Maine. Hey, Matt.
1: Hi Brian, thanks
0: for having me. Hey, thanks for coming. And we also have some. So Bob Smith is actually the owner of Sabasco Estates, and Bob's been doing this for a while. He knows Maine. He knows his business. Um, he represents those kind of destination uh, resorts that are around Maine. There's a lot of them around here. So Bob's going to give us some insight on on what how he manages his business, what he's seen. Bob, thank you very much for coming. Welcome.
2: Glad to be here, and thanks for the invite. You're welcome.
0: And so, so here's the thing: is that you know we know that um, you know we've <laughs> we we have suffered. You have suffered a lot. And it's not just the um, the uh, the COVID itself and dealing with that primary issue. It's also the all the other things that affect your business. Um, there's a lot going on here. And so we really rely on a lot of the subject matter experts and the associations to help our businesses get along in these really kind of unique times. Matt, can you tell us a little bit about Hospitality Maine exactly? How do you do that? How do you provide that support to businesses like Bob's?
1: Oh, sure. Uh, Well, I'm Matt Lewis. I'm I'm the new, well, not so new anymore, the president of Hospitality Maine. And I started in in early February of this year and I moved from California. I had been a uh, leisure traveler to Maine a few times in my past travels and saw the position at Hospitality Maine and uh, definitely uh, went for the opportunity. But I think that Hospitality Maine is a Wonderful association that uh, promotes hotels and lodging facilities and restaurants. They are the two Hospitality main is the combined association of the former Maine Restaurant Association and Maine Innkeepers Association. Right. And we are um, run by a phenomenal board of directors whose board chair is Steve DeMillo this year. We have a phenomenal staff, six person staff. We are a membership based organization. So We rely on the kind uh, donations and membership fees of our lodging facilities and our restaurants. And we also are, uh, we advocate for issues important to hotels and restaurants, um, minimum wage, hiring issues, all sorts of issues important to those industries. And we have a phenomenal government affairs director, Greg Dougal, who is an industry veteran that helps us in that regard.
0: So so Bob when um, when these kind of things happen when covid something unexpected like this unprecedented ever before probably in your working history happens how important is it to have this kind of body around you as one of those resources?
2: Oh, you know, it's a, it was amazing. I think that the uh, you know, the difficult part for all of us was was sort of sorting through all of the changes that were happening back in, you know, March and April of last year yeah. and what direction we go. And I think, uh, um, you know, Hospitality Maine is, is is joined at the hip with the American Hotel and Lodging Association, and one of the, probably the more active state associations with the National Association uh, for years and years. And, um, you know, they, they helped to disseminate a lot of information to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, as to how you know how we needed to adjust our businesses on the fly to everything that was going on, and of course uh, you know Steve Hewins was there before Matt and uh, Greg Google as well um, did a phenomenal job of working with the state government to try to uh, get the support we needed from them and the guidance we needed at the at the local level. So. It was it was it was critical uh for our survival and uh thank goodness for that.
0: Yeah, no no kidding. And uh you know, and Bob, you've been doing this um for, for a while and uh so just give us a little bit of background on um how you first um started to hear about COVID and then started to kind of evolve in terms of that new business direction, that new business strategy. Yeah.
2: Well, I think part of it was there was there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of mystery to this early on. Uh, you know, a little you know unsure of the science and mm-hmm. and what was actually happening and how fast it was going to happen. And you know, I think uh, you know Maine was uh, probably at the forefront of being as safe as possible uh, to the extent that some of us did a lot of whining early on about (laughs) markets that were being cut out of our, you know, our our Massachusetts was a primary market for us. And and all of a sudden those folks couldn't come and um, trying to adjust to that was, was difficult, but you know, you look back in hindsight, a lot of the whining we did about uh, the impact uh, those strict regulations were going to have ended up, I think being, you know, in the long term being beneficial to us because, Maine performed so much better than almost every other state in the nation, and that came back this year. Everybody, once things started opening up, wanted to go someplace safe, and we earned that reputation, And, uh, and it really had an impact in a positive way for the visitors this year. That's no, there's no doubt about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, you know, some of that whining that Bob talked about, what is it that your office kind of saw, you know, kind of the, the most, I guess the questions that would come in or the help that was asked for on that, those earlier days.
1: Well, I, I, I should be fair. And Bob referenced Steve Hewins, my former predecessor and, and uh, the wonderful job that he and the team did uh, prior to my arrival Last year was a, a really challenging year for the hospitality and tourism industry, and mm. uh, they weathered the storm. A lot of a lot of the success came from them just getting the information out when they first received it, and then that will certainly continue with with my leadership with Hospitality Maine. But I think what we started to hear, we started to see cancellations in the hotels. Mm. This was back when I was in California. You know, we started to see. Reservations just crater. And I come from a state, which, uh, California, where I had lived most of my adult life since college, uh, where the hotels still are just, just recovering, starting to recover, where um, people that are just getting some of their jobs back. So uh, that was also a state that was really crushed. But uh, when I got here, I also saw some very resilient stories of. Mm of restaurants and hotels that were very much on the ropes, um, in terms of being able to shut for good, that were able to find ways to, to rally and, and, uh, survive in very, very challenging circumstances.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, here's the thing, Bob, is that, um, you know, well, occupancy is one thing, but staffing is another, um, t- take us through your experience with, with that dilemma of staffing.
2: Huh. <laughs> where, do you want, where do you want to go on that one? I, think, <laughs> I know, right. I think it's, <laughs> right. you know, it's it's a nationwide phenomenon that I don't think anybody anticipated. After 2020, everybody said it, ca- it can't get any worse than last year. And and then the staffing issues that, that uh, reared their ugly head this year made it just so hard for everybody. And, of course, Maine and New England. You know, Cape Cod, other parts of New England that are somewhat seasonal. Mm. Uh, do depend on getting some, you know, foreign staff to come in, kids and J ones from Eastern Europe to help in housekeeping and washing dishes, things of that nature. Where it's a lot more difficult to find, you know, folks to do that seasonally here, and uh, very few of those could come because uh, embassies weren't opening and and uh, just they they weren't able to get here, they weren't yeah. able to get those visas. So. It's been an all hands on deck year, and I think we did a lot better than quite a few uh, yeah. of our brethren. But uh, but you know we've we kind of got through the storm, and happy to for those who've still survived it.
0: So just because this is kind of a historic thing, and that's why we really want to discuss with you with you folks, particularly. Um, hopefully, we never see this again. Um, but Bob, just just drill into that a little bit about a day in the life of you know you and. And as an owner, um, and then you know, and trying to maintain current staff levels, and then uh, how do you augment?
2: Yeah, well, you know, I think to say that we'll never see it again is a is a difficult statement. Right. Uh, it's uh, you know, we just had a resort committee meeting where a number of us from around the country get together every year, um, and I was out in Colorado, and we we weren't even able to get together last year, but sharing stories this year and bringing in some speakers, a uh, uh, literally a third of the folks in our industry in hospitality and restaurant industry have left permanently <laughs> uh, a lot because they lost their job, uh back when, uh, COVID was, uh, raging last year. Um, so many businesses closed or so many opportunities disappeared. Um, and he either found something else to do, um, that they enjoyed more or gave them a little bit of a different lifestyle or mm-hmm. they just didn't want to come back into what was a very difficult year this year. Right. And uh, this year's, you know, and then the, you know, the other people who have chosen to left worked through last year and, mm-hmm. you know, work 60, 70, 80 hours a week to mm-hmm. make up for those who couldn't work and just said, I don't want to do this anymore, right. so it's how we uh sort of reeducate uh folks to the value of our industry and the things that uh are beneficial about what we do and and you know it's it's a it's a good way to make a living and uh a good living and it's a great industry uh we're you get a chance to just meet and you know interact with other people and bring joy mm-hmm. to others, and you know what more could you want than to, to bring joy? <laughs> to <others>? Well, <laughs> right?
0: it sounds you're making it sound a lot easier than it really is. And and Matt, yeah. you know Matt, what is the um, what are the statistics? What do you track? What is your thermometer for keeping a pulse on 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 the hospitality? We will get to the restaurant side in a second, but what is what what do you look at to kind of give you that pulse on what's going on and you know, um, to, to comfort and/or provide and disseminate uh, information.
1: Well, I think. Well, I I, I wish I had more an- analytical numbers for you, but we'll definitely be looking at uh, comparing numbers from 2021 to 2019, which I think is a more uh, a more reflective number in terms of real travel to Maine. Uh, we we will soon be getting numbers from 2020, but I'm not sure that that. Or comparing 2020 to 21, I'm not sure that that's as indicative of of the real story. Obviously, there was 2021 was a 2020 was a year of its complete own. Right. So, I mean, we we clearly will look at numbers like that. We'll look at um, I know there's a lot of uh, surveys that we'll be doing to track business, and you know, it's a it's going to be interesting. I, we hear stories from people like Bob that say. Um, well, other hotels that have said typically they have 28 full-time staff, and now they're down to 17. Mm-hmm. And do they ever go back to 28? Probably not. You right. know, they probably will find ways to to exist and flourish with less full-time staff. What mm-hmm. does that mean for service levels, and what does that mean for the general welcome that so many people have when they come to Maine? Right. And one of the reasons why repeat travel to Maine is so high is that sort of uh, generous welcome that people are used to having here. So right. um, we look at all sorts of numbers, but we, unfortunately, we need to wait a little bit more to see 2021 numbers.
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, Bob, you've got um, two sides of your business. You've got the, uh, you know, the hospitality side, which is um, the hotel side, resort, and then you've got the, uh, the dining side of it. Can you talk a little bit about um, how that impacted you? Did you have to close down the dining room? Did you have to? What did you do in that that situation?
2: So you know, the 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 real challenges that we had initially said, you know, how do do we try to do everything we've always done the way we've always done it, Mm -hmm. and maybe not do as good a job, or do we uh, adjust? To make sure what we do do is is still done uh, to the expectations of the folks who've been coming here for years and mm-hmm. and the toughest decision was uh, we have uh, two different dining uh, options here we actually have a number of them mm-hmm. uh, but the ledges pub is uh, kind of a lunch and dinner more casual uh, restaurant and then the pilot house is breakfast and dinner, and a uh, fabulous view uh, of the ocean. Um, and we, we just couldn't do both for dinner. Right. Uh, we uh, So we ended up not opening the Pilot House, which is more of a fine dining restaurant for dinner, mm-hmm. but we did add food trucks, we added grills around the resort, because, mm-hmm. you know, Brian, you've been here. Yeah. Lots of open spaces. Mm-hmm. We spread uh, picnic tables all out through the 150 core acres of the resort, and. Mm-hmm and uh you know it. Uh, everybody it's hard to say everybody mm-hmm. 98.36 percent of, <laughs> of cool. everybody who came understood yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh but the ledges pub was just packed all year long and i think yeah. we did a great job still there and you know some folks missed the fine dining opportunity in the evening but they knew we just didn't have enough people. So they were happy to uh, at least have an option where, uh, you know, Matt knows there are a lot of other members, uh, both of our associations and other places in New England that either never opened or can only open, mm-hmm. you know, uh, three or four days a week or, or take out only. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we were fortunately be still able to, and we also have a, a coffee shop in the morning. So we had, Pretty much two options for all three meal periods. Still right. with other events and lobster bakes and and other uh, uh, different like, guest events we did.
0: So what did your what did your your um, your, your staffing uh, levels did you did from a hundred percent and normal to to what how did you operate during that time? What
1: were you what were so you we working on? Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so we typically uh, get to one hundred and seventy people. We have the golf course. We have, you know, we have children's activity programs. We have a waterfront, an active waterfront mm-hmm. uh, with a boating operation and, and uh, moorings, all of that. So, so we we get up to with the. This was as busy as we've ever been this year. And we normally would have gone to 180 or 190 employees. We got to about 135 at peak, mm-hmm. and we made it work with mm-hmm. what we had. Uh, but the toughest part was just not having, you know, the folks to wash dishes and to help yeah. clean rooms. You know, our housekeeping staff was less than half of what it typically would be. Right. Uh, you know, you end up having, you know, the uh, the people who are cooking and the management of the kitchen. You know doing dishes till eleven twelve o'clock at night, yeah. and you know it's hard it's just really hard yeah. but we weathered the storm and everybody just was just fantastic yeah. uh yeah. who we had so we were just we were i think more fortunate than so many others so well kind of was, yeah.
0: you guys are the warriors, there's no doubt about that and and yeah, matt right. <clears throat> yeah I know right so and matt you know there, there's 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 about three thousand three hundred um eating and drinking places in in maine. Um, are you starting to see, uh, you know, some some of that what Bob was talking earlier? There's just some people leaving the industry, or is are those numbers starting to erode a bit? Are there new people coming into the uh, starting new restaurants and those kind of venues?
1: Yeah, I, I I think clearly there are people, like Bob said, there are people that have left the industry. Mm-hmm. Remember last year, and when so many people lost their jobs in the hospitality across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Ivy League colleges, companies, high tech companies were offering amazing online learning opportunities for free. Uh, new in new industries for people to to try. Mm-hmm. I know now there are industries that are very much coming after seasoned hospitality veterans. The senior living centers and the cannabis companies in Maine are definitely targeting former hospitality employees, mm-hmm. offering very strong benefits with. Great pay and great benefits and 401k, paid time off, all of that good stuff. So um, there there certainly were people that have left the industry. I also think that when Bob sort of alluded to it, the hospitality industry is something very close to my heart. It's been my career since I was out of college, and and everyone on the hospitality main staff view the hospitality industry as a fantastic one to consider to get in whether you're a high school student or a new college graduate or you know a mm-hmm. older worker looking to try something different there's mm-hmm. lots of opportunity in maine for that
0: yeah don't we need more brew pubs don't we need more of those i'm just kidding there's a, there's a lot of them. <laughs> 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 we were actually just out in monhegan island and uh with some people and we literally just uh, two days ago and I was telling them how I was telling them how great you know I said there's a Monhegan Brew Pub out there and of course we get out there close for the season we should have checked that oh yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's great by the way I did get out there last year yeah. Uh, when before any guests started coming in June. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just yeah. ourselves and they've done a beautiful job. They've and, done a uh,
0: beautiful job. Yeah. yeah. People, you know, I want to talk about that because there was a certain level of expectation when you go to like to Monhegan or you go someplace where you go to Millinocket or something like that. But what is the expectation uh, for for you, Bob, and your guests when they get there? What are they looking for? What are they, are you, and when you end, were you able to meet that expectations to some level? I think you alluded to the fact that 90% yeah, were happy. I
2: think, but, yeah, I I think we did. I think there are a lot of people, you know, as difficult as it was, there are a lot of industries that benefited very well. You know, I I just talked about my friend Marty Eaton, who's a lobsterman here locally. Mm -hmm. You know, the lobster prices, because of the demand this year and everybody who came here this year, Mm -hmm. the lobster prices were as high as they've been in over a decade, and uh, so the lobstermen made out pretty well. And and but even some of them, you know, they've they've already pulled their traps because they had a good year and not all of those folks can get everybody they need to help haul traps. Right. So right. it's you know, you've you, have, you have the the our vendors have struggled to get drivers. Um, and so we typically would get a delivery from from one of them at two or three in the afternoon and, and you know, they get down to six o'clock at night. And I remember, uh, and I won't say which company because we have a lot of great vendors that right. help us out. But driver came in at six. I went, went over to him and uh, I think he thought I was going to punch him because he was late. <laughs> and I gave, and I gave the guy a hug. I can't believe you hung in there. And this guy, his day started probably at five 36 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know it's just it's it's been a struggle in every facet of our industry to find enough people and you're just so happy when you see someone who's hanging in there and still doing, doing you know how, fighting a hard
0: fight. And I want to tell our listeners that if you don't know Bob Smith or you haven't stayed at Sebasco that's what you can expect, a hug from most of the staff and people there. <laughs> it's that kind of place. And but that's, that's
2: been the hardest part of COVID <laughs> is you're not being able to hug everybody. Uh, no, <laughs> it's, it's right. yeah, Fist bumps Jake just can. don't
0: work. They don't work fist bumps, you know. but so, right. so, so here we are, Matt. We're at the end of the kind of this season. Um, we've just passed you know, um, Indigenous Day, Columbus Day and uh, and now we're starting to plan for you know probably you know some people are, are not as seasonal as others but what is the outlook right now Matt for um you know for next year and i mean a lot can contingency upon the delta variant and all these kinds of things but just talk to our listeners a little bit about that what to, what to expect um you know in uh, in in the in the coming year
1: I think it could be very much business as usual next year in terms of the numbers of people that come. I think it, I think we, we should expect to see a very large tourism season again for Maine unless there's some sort of direct, some sort of direct threat there. Mm-hmm. I, we could imagine that the Canadian uh, border is open for Canadians to come in uh, to the US, which would uh, obviously add a new element to it. Um, provided the, the vaccines and and things are or the the COVID you know infections are, are are dropping, then I think it would even we may even see a stronger year next year. But I think in terms of some of the challenges that Maine faces with uh, workforce development, you know, Maine uses a high number of international workers with the visas, and it's hard to imagine. Unfortunately, Bob will probably hate hearing this, but it's hard to imagine getting many more visas than what we got this year because it's determined on some of these countries having access to come into the U.S. So some of these uh, visa workers come from countries like Turkey and Bulgaria and Romania where it's harder to get in right now. So it's hard to see that number really maybe a little bit, but not gigantic gigantic numbers, and then you deal with the housing transportation and child care issues that Bob knows way more about than I do that have been prevalent issues in mm-hmm. maine for
2: for many years yeah it's, uh, it's hard. yeah uh, child care is a good is it that's a it's a good point because. Mm-hmm. So many people in our industry depend on flexible child care. Uh, um, and, you know, they have spouses helping each other out if they're working part time or whatever. But but the child care industry took such a hit yeah. uh, last year and so many places closed and so many people who provided those services just went out of business. And building that back, not just for our industry, but for so many other industries, is, is just going to be important to the American economy. And yeah. You know, we it always comes. You get immigration always comes into the to the uh, discussion when you're talking about seasonal workforce, but it's got nothing to do with immigration. It's Mm -hmm. got to do with getting folks from other countries who are willing to do jobs that it's hard to find enough Americans to do, no matter what you pay them. And that's the argument sometimes is if you just pay them more. Well, you know, we were offering twenty bucks an hour at at Mm -hmm. one stage in the Mm -hmm. middle of the summer for uh, you know, for just people who would come and wash dishes and, mm-hmm. and uh or or just come and clean rooms or or, or or just help us on grounds. And yeah. Yeah. You still weren't getting anybody. Uh and you know, we're competing as an example with Bath Ironworks, who right. is really ramping up their operation, is only fifty miles away and they're paying folks year round twenty five to thirty bucks <coughs> an hour to start. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's year-round with benefits, and it's right. not something I can compete with when we're talking a seasonal workforce. Right. Um, we had a lot of folks who came from all over the country to work for us this year, and many are staying and going up into the mountains of Maine this winter, <clears throat> and thank goodness, because right. we got a chance to get some of them back next year. Yeah, yeah. But it's That's good nice. for Sunny River and Sugarloaf and those areas that have the same seasonal needs that... So the
0: balance yeah. says. And Matt what is the, what does the hospi- hospitality mean? What do you do in terms of trying to um, leverage that that uh, that that workforce? What are you what are you doing? What do you see on the horizon as well in trying to strengthen that and trying to solve some of those issues?
1: Well, in, in a normal in a normal year other than twenty twenty, Greg Dougal and Steve Hewins mm-hmm. uh-huh. and Bob Smith and and Gene Ginn and People like that would have actually gone to Washington and pleaded with our senators, Senator Collins and King, to to um, find find possible ways to win and and put in their ear how as they know how important additional visa workers are for the state of Maine. So that would have been one thing we would do, and hopefully we will be able to do that in 2022. Um, the other. Ways our is our organization spreads a message similar to what Bob and I have talked about about hospitality being um, an important um, industry to con- to to consider. We also do a lot of training for um, cleanliness and for sort of certifications that allow for you know advancing in the industry. Uh, we do that through our office, and I think just the fact that we have uh, a staff that. Uh, and a board that really fight for and are great examples of hospitality across the state.
0: Right, right. And Bob, Bob, I'm going to put you on the spot here. And again, I, I need you to be really transparent here. But what can the state and other organizations do to, to do better um, to to help out?
2: Well, I think, you know, uh, Matt talked about the, the D.C. side. Every one of the four members of our coalition in Washington, both senators, both representatives, understand and and work really hard on our behalf to help on the seasonal workforce issue and uh you know both sides of the aisle and and so it's one of those few things that uh you know you get both sides of the aisle to support up here anyway in new england because we understand the seasonality of it all and so h2b you know quotas and and just trying to support j1 programs uh are are something we get a lot of support for so that's great but uh, you know, I know Matt. Matt. Matt scares me when he talks about <laughs> it not growing. I. I. I don't. We need some of that right. just to be able to handle the seasonality of Maine's tourism industry. Right. We need a little bit of that support, and you got to hope that uh, you know a lot of those uh, great kids who have been coming to New England for you know twenty five years. Uh, And, you know, uh, a kid from Poland can come here and in four months in the J-1 program make more money Mm -hmm. than uh, both parents in two years at home. Right. So they get a chance to to learn about America. It's Mm -hmm. not all John Wayne or, you know. (laughs) Right, <laughs> um, they they really get a great cultural experience, mm-hmm. and then they uh, also get a chance to really support their family. You know, in that year that they get to come and experience America, so it's a great program. Yeah, yeah, and we hope it continues. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, this is the uh, this is the game show portion of my show. If you listen to my shows, there's always a game point. So here I'm actually going to make uh, Matt. You're going to be the judge of this, and and the question to you, Bob, is. What was Matt's first job that got him interested in tourism? Sticking, <laughs> Bob.
2: Yeah, what's, what I'm supposed to figure out what Matt's first job
0: Yeah, was. you have to guess. What do you think his oh, first well, job I, you
2: know, I, was. I I was not involved in the search process, but I did... <laughs> know some of the spots that he was and i know he was in the tourism side Mm -hmm. in california uh for reach you know regionally up in i think the bay area and Uh and you know i'm gonna guess he might have worked in a restaurant really early on
0: let me check with my judge matt is that true
2: you were definitely on the right track on the first part
1: of that bob yeah there you go (laughs) and Um, where,
0: where did you begin matt
1: um i started it well most i would have a hotel and tourism background in my yeah. most recent position so it was some iteration of a hotel okay. i have a long-term hotel background
0: all right so here here's another court here's a question for matt and bob you will be the judge on this one matt what was uh, what was bob's first job that got him interested in the hotel business
1: uh, I could see Bob on, on some cruise line entertaining the passenger. <laughs> okay. Oh,
2: that's funny. Let me check. Because I my, actually do me... have a friend who, who <laughs> went and did that that I went that's to funny. school with. Yeah.
0: <laughs> let me check with my, my judge, Bob. Bob, what was your first job that got you interested? I know this answer, by the way.
2: Well, but, you do. Yeah. You do? I was a night auditor, uh, at the okay. Holiday Inn downtown back then. Now it's the Holiday Inn by the Bay. <laughs> while I was a biology major at USM yeah. and it was uh, oh. and I got hooked Stayed in the <laughs> business, and uh, <laughs> 40 oh my goodness 48 years later I'm still doing it <laughs>
0: and, and Bob will do anything from uh, making a bed to uh to ushering you to uh to the to the excursion on the on the on the sea so you don't miss it um, so hey listen guys <laughs> thank you guys so much this is uh, um we've actually uh, invited bob smith the owner of Sebasco. thank you bob for coming and uh, and matt lewis the president and ceo of hospitality main thank you gentlemen thank you so much for thank being you here very much yep have a good night thank thank you. this is brian bickford and you are listening to mainly matters and this is the travel and tourism channel good night everybody thank you very much